Amen. Stand now for the second reading of God's word. This is our sermon text for this morning, and it is Luke chapter 19, 1 through 10. Luke chapter 19, 1 through 10. You'll notice we now have a few Bibles available if you need them. If you're new to our church, we've actually been uh, going through the, the gospel of Luke for some time now. I think it started August 1st, 2019. We're still going August 1st, 2021. Um, we've got a little bit of ways to go, but we're, we're getting there. Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him. For he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God abides forever. Amen. Please be seated. Let's pray. Dear Lord, open our hearts, not just our ears, but also our hearts to hear your word and to receive it as joyfully as the sinner in this text. We pray that this would be accomplished through deep dependence on the Lord Jesus Christ. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Well, it's fitting as we move into a new building that we'd be reminded of what Jesus's mission was. Jesus is, Jesus is a man on a mission. He's God on a mission. And what does he come to do? If you were to just summarize everything that Jesus came to do, just one quick sentence, a few words, what would it be? Maybe you'd latch on to, you know, he's, he's going to Jerusalem. He's going to die. He's going to be buried. He's going to rise again. That's right. Well, Jesus came to heal. He came to, to call people to repentance. That's right. Jesus came to redeem the world from sin, from, from, from the, the grip that sin on it, that it had on the world, to start to bring about the new creation. And that's right. But I think Jesus is mission is most clearly summarized in the book of Luke right here. We heard it right at the end of what we read. What, what, did, what did Jesus come to do? The son of man, that's Jesus. The son of man came to seek and to save the lost. 
seeking to save the lost. Yes, Jesus's mission was something like the game of hide and seek. Kids, maybe you've played hide and seek. And we read back in Luke chapter 15 that Jesus has come to find not so much sinners that are just hiding, but sinners that are lost. A lost coin, a lost sheep. Those were some of the things we read about in that chapter right at the heart of Luke's gospel. Or now Jesus is making his way to Jerusalem. And once again, we see this helpful uh, statement written like a banner over, um, over the, the gospel of Luke. He came to seek and to save the lost. We've been seeing him doing this all along, haven't we? As Jesus has made his way to Jerusalem. In fact, just in the past four sermons, he approached the, the children that were cast away by, uh, by his disciples and said, bring them to me. I want the needy. I want those that, that the world wants to hide. And then he approached that blind man in our last passage. The man who could not see, could not find his way to Jesus was lost in the midst of the crowd. And he said, that's the man I want to seek and to save. Well, guess who we meet this week? Familiar guy, Zacchaeus. And kids, if you've, you hear that name Zacchaeus, in fact, not just kids, adults, you hear that name and that the song starts playing in your head, right? I'm going to have a hard time not breaking out in song during the sermon. Well, Zacchaeus was a wee little man. A wee little man was he. And it was that wee little man who teaches us a big, big message that Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. We're going to see that through three actions in this text. I'm not going to repeat the actions, so stay focused. Hiding, seeking, and saving. Hiding, seeking, and saving. Well, as we look at hiding in this text, let's take a look at Zacchaeus. Meet the man you've heard so much about, the man you've sung so much about. His name means innocent or pure. And anyone in his day who heard that would scoff right away. They'd say, isn't that something? Zacchaeus, named Innocent. Because he's a tax collector. In fact, as we've heard about tax collectors, uh, we've, we've heard over and over again that they were some of the most scummy people in society. The dregs of society. Because tax collectors were those people who were uh, farming out taxes for the Roman government. They were Jews that were doing the dirty work of the Roman oppressors, and they were, they were doing it by, by oppressing and overwhelming their fellow countrymen by taking their taxes. And not just their taxes, they were, they were plugging in their own addition on top of that to extort money from their fellow people. And their, their fellow people look at that and they say, that is sickening. Sickening. Now, Jericho was a key city in this tax cartel. It was a bustling city, um, east to west. You might know about the Silk Road on the east. Well, uh, Jericho was one of those routes where everything that was coming westward along the Silk Road eventually found its way down to. And you know what that means? You've got a bustling city, a bustling economy with a lot of, a lot of trade. Well, trade means taxes. 
backbreaking taxes. And as people would come to and from Jerusalem, they'd pass through Jericho sometimes. And as they'd go through, along the route is a man like Zacchaeus waiting. Pay up and give me my due as well. Well, here's what makes it even worse. Zacchaeus is a tax collector, but he's also the chief tax collector. Now, that's the first time we've heard this in the Gospel of Luke. I'm fairly certain that's the, the only place we hear it in all of the Gospels. This guy's the kingpin of the Jericho tax cartel. He gets a cut from all the guys that he's hired to extort from the Jews, but then guess what? He gets his own, ta- his own cut too. And so he is probably the richest man in Jericho. Filthy rich. Filthy rich. Stress on filthy. He's probably the most hated man in Jericho. And so when, when, Jesus, is, when Jesus passes through town, this man is probably the least likely candidate that anyone would point to for Jesus' mission to meet. He's got one other problem. He's got a lot stacked against him in this text, as you can see. But there's one more thing that makes this man an outcast and that he's short. I was even shorter than I am today in, in uh, middle school. Called me, you know, I was sometimes called a shrimp. Zacchaeus is a shrimp. Um, he's super short. And this is a problem for him because when the crowds press in as Jesus passes through town, he can't see above them what's going on. He's kind of just looking. And, and you can imagine Zacchaeus wants to press to the crowd. There's no way they're going to budge for this guy. You know, they'll lock tight. Don't let Zacchaeus through. He wants to see over our shoulders. You know, now, now we can really hold the oppressor accountable. And so here's Zacchaeus trying to see over his shoulders, over their shoulders. And he can't because he is a wee little man. A wee little man was he. Now, isn't it interesting that Zacchaeus wants to see Jesus so bad? That should be your first clue that something big is about to happen. Something big in this text. He just has this curiosity about Jesus. There's something there. And you know, this is, this is what amazes me. It's nothing big. It's nothing like, oh, he has some deep gut-wrenching problem. He just has this sense that he wants to see Jesus. He wondered, could it be true what they're saying about him? Is there something about this man that, that I could learn from? Is he really who they say he is? And it's these simple questions like this that, that intrigue Zacchaeus. But he can't get around the crowd to see. And so he does something amazing. He runs up in front of the crowd. Now, it's shameful to run in front of anyone else. And so he runs ahead of the crowd so they don't see him running. And then guess what he does? He shimmies up into a sycamore tree to run a surveillance on Jesus. Now, a sycamore tree is probably the, good, the best spot you can find to see what's going on without being seen. Branches are low to the ground. Leaves are thick and full. So if any of you have done any tree climbing, it's optimal. Uh, it's an excellent hide-and-seek spot. Excellent spot to, to get up into the tree. And then when the crowd presses in, they're not going to see you up there, but you can see everything going down beneath you. That's where G, uh, Zacchaeus positions himself. Now let's just pause right there just for a minute. 
because this is, this is amazing and instructive for us. One of the most difficult things about talking to friends about Jesus, something that I found, is that so often they just seem so disinterested. We wonder, do my friends even care to hear about Jesus? Am I, am I just, am I bringing up something that they're just going to scoff at? And maybe. Jesus calls us to be prepared for that. But what if, what if they are hiding and seeking like Zacchaeus? What if some of the friends that you know who, who don't seem to have a lot to, of interest about Jesus are, are watching from a distance, perched in a sycamore tree, and they're looking and they're saying, what is it about this, this, this man you call the son of God that is so special? It should give you confidence when you persistently talk to people who aren't interested in the gospel as you bear witness to Christ. It should give you confidence that people are watching. Zacchaeus isn't the only one. Maybe there are even people you know that are perched right now in that sycamore tree saying, what is it? What is it about Jesus? What is it about this gospel? Maybe you this morning are perched like Zacchaeus doing a surveillance message, a surveillance run on Jesus. And if that's the case, then keep listening because this text is for you too. Right away, we see why it's for you, for all of us. Because what happens next is amazing. We move from hiding in the tree to seeking. Jesus is passing by. Well, you could almost follow the song to a T, right? It's actually pretty good. The song gets it. It does focus a lot on, on the t- that Zacchaeus is a wee little man. Um, but look, what does he do? You know, as the Savior passes by, he looks up into the tree and he says, Zacchaeus, you come down for I'm coming to your house today. That's exactly what happens. It's amazing. What do you think that Zacchaeus was thinking? When Here comes Jesus. He's walking by. He stops, looks out of nowhere, just right up at the tree. He says, hey, Zacchaeus, come down. Maybe the first thing that popped into Zacchaeus' mind was something like this. How does he know my name? How does he know I'm here? How does he see me? How does he know me? Here's the key to understanding this passage. Zacchaeus thinks that he's hiding and seeking Jesus. He thinks, he thinks he's the seeker in this text. But Jesus is actually seeking him. Jesus is the great seeker of this text. There are two seekers in this passage, Zacchaeus and Jesus. Chapter 15 of the book of Luke. We already talked about that this morning. It's the heart of Luke's gospel. It's the lost and found chapter of the Bible. And it tells us this, that Jesus's entire mission is a search and rescue mission for lost sinners. Matthew 10 puts it this way, that Jesus is going to go and together the lost sheep of the house of Israel. What does that mean? That God has chosen ones scattered throughout 
the nation and beyond because he says, I have other sheep as well from the nations. And he's going to them and he is finding them because they are lost in their sins. They've wandered away like sheep without a shepherd. And then John 10, two through four says this. Says the sheep. I call them by name. The sheep, they hear my voice. When I call them, they come out and they follow me. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. You know what's happened in this text? Jesus just found a lost sheep. Jesus looked up into the tree and he saw a stubby tax collecting sheep named Zacchaeus. And he called his name, Zacchaeus, come to me. And the sheep heard his voice. Do you know that if you seek Jesus, if you are seeking him today, that it's because he has sought you out? We love him because he first loved us. We seek him because he first sought us out. Isn't that the very heart of what drives us in love towards God? Why do you love God so much? Why do you love Jesus? Isn't part of it because he's so very good at seeking you? When you so feebly seek him. Remember the words of the hymn we just sung. They're beautiful. It's why I chose it for this morning. I sought the Lord and afterward I knew. He moved my soul to seek him seeking me. It was not I that found, O Savior, true. No, I was found of thee. God pursued you just like he pursued Zacchaeus. God and Jesus Christ pursued you by taking on flesh. We call that the incarnation by, by becoming man and then going to the cross. He went all the way to Jerusalem. This entire book of Luke is a book of, so far we've heard the great pursuit of the Savior seeking you. And what does he do? He goes all the way to a cross. All the way to a tomb, seeking sinners. That's what it cost your Savior to seek you. And we see that with Zacchaeus here. On the way to Jerusalem, you would think, surely he's just going to go straight there. That's his mission. But on the way, he shows what is the real heart of his mission by taking this pit stop with Zacchaeus. It's amazing. Are you starting to get this? Who the Savior is and what he does? We've seen the hiding and the seeking in this text. But the Savior also came to save his sheep. Jesus calls his sheep Zacchaeus. and, And what happens next? He calls the name of his sheep and his sheep listens. He hears his voice and he... He shimmies down the tree right away. Now, this is very important because we call it the effectual calling of the gospel. The effectual calling. And it means this, that when Jesus truly calls someone, 
when he truly calls a lost sheep's voice, those words of Jesus echo in the soul. They are like a command that we just can't refuse and won't refuse because we don't want to refuse them. Because our very wills bend under the beauty of that call. The call calls out what it is, what it, what it, what it sets out to accomplish. It accomplishes what it sets out to do. It overcomes every obstacle. Did you notice? Now, those of you who have heard us preaching through the Gospel of Luke, remember, we've heard, let's see, four accounts of people coming to Jesus, trying to get into his kingdom. Three of those accounts have obstacles. The children come to Jesus, and they're turned away by the crowd. And then the disciples, great obstacle for them coming to Jesus. The blind man comes to Jesus, and, and yet he has that obstacle, the crowd pushing him away. Zacchaeus comes to Jesus, and yet again, the obstacle of that crowd pushing him away. And yet the rich young man, remember him, comes to Jesus with no obstacle. Guess who actually comes to Jesus? All three who had obstacles in their way. Guess who doesn't? The rich young man. That's telling us something. It's telling us that this is the power of God to seek and save the lost. He's the seeker. And it's his effectual call that reaches into the heart of sinners and that makes the difference. It overcomes every obstacle. And so Jesus says, I must go to your house today. Three pieces of evidence in this passage that show that saving, um, that, that Jesus really did save this sinner, Zacchaeus, who he saw. First of all, Zacchaeus climbs down the tree, humbling himself to come down from his lofty perch and come down to Jesus. Second, Zacchaeus joyfully receives the Savior into his home by faith. Humility, faith. One more, he he stops sinning. He stops doing wrong. Did you notice that? That when the crowd starts grumbling, you saved this sinner. Zacchaeus says, well, let me tell you something. I'm going to pay back what I extorted. I'm going to make restitution for the wrongs that I did as the chief tax collector in Jericho. I'm going to redirect all that money that I have, even money that I stole, so that now it's a blessing that, that, that I'm not hoarding, that I'm pouring out to the people that I was preying on. Look, if you're listening to this, and, and I hope you are, you need to hear that each step here is really Really a a piece that gives you the full picture of salvation, that calls you to this kind of salvation. Have you humbled yourself by really coming down from your lofty perch to, to hear Jesus? Have you joyfully received the Savior into your home, into your heart by faith? He calls you to do that now. Have you turned away from your sins, even making restitution for those wrongs that you did when you did not know Jesus? Were you slandering someone when when you did not know the Savior? He calls you to make that right by proclaiming publicly the truth. 
Did you refuse to forgive someone before you encountered Jesus? He calls you to extend forgiveness to them here and now. Zacchaeus is saved. We are saved if we come in the same way that he did. And remember that question that the disciples asked when the rich young ruler refused Jesus. They said, who can be saved? Who can possibly be saved? Well, here we have the answer. This man, this son, this true son of Abraham, this true Israelite Zacchaeus, he's the rich man who, who went through the eye of a needle, the thing that, you know, the camel can't enter through the eye of the needle. Well, this rich man did what was impossible by the grace of God. He entered the kingdom. And you can too, by the grace of God. Let me close by asking two questions. Do you delight in Jesus's mission, his mission to seek and to save the lost? Are we a church? Are we gonna start off our time in this new building delighting in Jesus's mission? Or are we gonna be like this crowd grumbling, complaining? Oh, he calls sinners. Not that one, not that person. Jesus calls us to really delight, to be joyful when he moves towards the very people that we think could never, could never embrace the gospel. Question number two. Do you delight in Jesus's mission and and do you also share in Jesus's mission? Is our congregation ready to use this, this new facility, this new property for this mission, seeking and saving the lost? Or are we just gonna sit here and, and hope someone else does it. You know, we ought to pray diligently that our ESL ministry that we're looking to start up in early September, that our Quran Bible discussion that we've already been doing with our Muslim friends would accomplish this very thing, seeking and saving the lost. Because now it's our great privilege because of what the Savior has done on the cross to do what he calls us to do, to call them with the voice of the good shepherd to believe. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, help us to love your mission, help us to share in it, and help this church from day one in this new building to be committed to it, to be committed to it in bold and loving ways. We pray this all in Christ's name. Amen. Come now to the time of the Lord's Supper. It was on the night that Christ was betrayed that he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke that bread and gave it to his disciples, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, he took the cup after supper. He said, this cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. Drink it in remembrance of me. You you wonder what Zacchaeus thought when he heard his name called when he was up in the tree. Maybe one of the first thoughts in his mind was, why? How does he know my name? Maybe one of the other thoughts was, Is he inviting himself over to my house 
to eat? That's kind of rude, right? Not when Jesus says it. And that's what he calls us to do today in the Lord's Supper. He, he says, I'm coming to eat with you. I'm coming to dine with you. Are you ready? Are you ready to receive me? And that's what the Lord's Supper is all about. It is, first of all, a picture that Jesus broke his body and poured out his blood so that sinners can come into his presence and die with him and eat with him and be nourished by the strength that only he gives. The other thing it is is a pledge. That if you come and receive these, this, uh, this bread and this cup by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, repenting and turning away from your sins, endeavoring to live lives faithful to the Lord Jesus Christ, he says, I will strengthen you to follow me. So as a minister of the gospel, I invite you to come forward. First, if, if you have received Jesus, if you've received him, and we ask um, not only that you have believed in Jesus and are seeking to live repentant lives, but that you become a member of a Bible-believing church. It doesn't have to be this church, but any church that preaches the gospel. If you, are, if you have been baptized and, and thus become a member of, of a, of a Bible-believing church, we invite you to come forward. Um, if you have not yet, none of those things uh, yet describe you, uh, then come and talk to me after the service. I'd love to talk to you about the next step of coming uh, to, to know Jesus. Not only that, but becoming accountable to a local church. Let's now pray. Heavenly Father, help us to receive these elements by faith. And may they drive us to even greater depths of turning away from sin and loving you sheep seek to hear your voice. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. I invite you now to come forward row by row.
and sisters, the bread which we break is communion with the body of our Lord Jesus Christ. Take me. be blessed is communion with the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Take and drink. Let's pray. Dear Lord, use this word made visible to strengthen us, to preserve us, and to grow us, to transform us by, by your grace. We pray this all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's sing our final hymn, Sinners Jesus Doth Receive, number 441 in your hymnals. <laughs>